Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A-A, -A, the B-A-Q-A -A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, -A, usually with Manday, but the B-A-Q-A -A just made today. <laughs> so I'm here by myself uh, because Mandy had mom things to get to, um, but that's all right though. She will be back in black and brown as ever, but it is made whole week. My new book, Made Whole, came out earlier this week. Um, and to celebrate, I am going to be answering questions um, that you can also find the answers to, in part, in Made Whole, my new book. A little bit about Made Whole. It is going to teach you in 10 steps how to create financial wholeness for yourself. That is, financial wholeness is the financial foundation for the rest of your life. If you achieve these 10 steps, budgeting, savings, debt, credit, income, investing, insurance, um, your financial team, net worth, and estate planning. If you learn to manage and maintain those 10 steps, things can happen in externally to you financially, but you'll be okay. Meaning recession can happen, you'll be okay. Job loss will happen, you could be okay. Inflation happens, you could be okay. If you master those, master and maintain those 10 steps and inside of Made Whole, I walk you through step by step by step how to do so. It is the workbook version, the companion book to my New York Times bestseller, Get Good With Money. It is more concise. It allows you to do the work with each and every step right away so you don't forget the work itself. There, there's in real life stories of people who completed these steps um, via its sister book, Get Good With Money, so you can be encouraged. And I also have quick steps where if you don't want to do the whole step because you feel a little overwhelmed, if you do this one thing, it will make a huge um, difference in your financial life as it relates to that step. So that's how made holes a little different. So let's get into some questions. But remember this, that I'm answering questions, but I'm not your doctor, your lawyer, your mama, your father. No, I'm just a smart brown girl who have some opinions that you're going to take with the smallest grain of salt. Then you are going to lean into somebody that you pay for advice. Okay. Okay. Let's start. All right. So we have some, I think I might do three in, in, um, you know, because it's made whole, made whole week. Okay. Oh, sidebar. Also two made holes available wherever books are sold, but also you can go to made whole workbook.com, made whole workbook.com, um, and get yourself a copy. Okay. All right. So, um, question from Terry, um, from IG. Terry says, good day, ladies, or anyone on the team who might be not identifying as a lady. Okay, I love that. I have a very important question that I'm sure parents listening would love to know. I'm expecting my first child in three weeks. Congratulations, Terry. 
Um, oh, well, this, you wrote this a little while ago. So the baby's here already. Congratulations. <laughs> and after looking at stocks like Amazon and others, I would love to know what are things I can do to get her invested into this economy. So she's having a girl. She will absolutely be a beneficiary on my assets. Awesome. But what are some things I know to open? Um, she said, what are some other things? She said, I know to open a Roth. Um, and sh when she starts to have earned income, and maybe you could speak to that as well. I'm here for any advice, please. And thank you. Love the show. Okay. First, congratulations. Cause I know baby girl is here. Cause you wrote this to us a little while ago. Um, so some things that you want to consider is one, what does your life insurance policy look like? Huh, Terry, like, do you, have you updated your life insurance policy, your partner, do they have a life insurance policy? How is baby girl provided for in the life insurance policy? So that's one. Is it enough? Do you feel here's a rule of thumb directly from made whole. So in the, I will tell you right now in made whole the book, I told you this is the made whole episode. Okay. Um, the, Chapter eight, it's called um, Get Good with Insurance, right? So in it, I talk about how much life insurance you have should have basically kind of where you are in life. If you have children, you want to try to provide for a minimum 10 years worth of you financially supporting them. So however you, if, if you, the rule of thumb is, let's just say you make um, $100,000 a year, 10 years times $100,000 is a million dollars. So you want to try to get a policy, um, ideally a term policy for a million dollars or more. So that way, if you're not here for 10 years, the, finan the finances that you brought into your daughter's life will still be able to continue. Does that make sense? You know? Um, so that's one, making sure that your life insurance policies are all the way um, uh, together to make sure she's looked after. Two, um, what does your will look like? If you have a child, you needed a will like yesterday. You know, like if something happens to you, something happens to your partner, you know, where, where would that money go? Um, or who would be looking after her in what way? What do you want to set, set aside for her? So consider those things. Also, you also want to consider that, um, that, the issue with just a life insurance policy directly to your daughter, if something were to happen to you, the state where you live might hold that money until she turns 18. So one, what that means is that money won't be as helpful to her because she's still really young. Um, and two, it might, she might be getting too much money when she turns 18. So consider, um, um, potentially, I don't know like what your financial situation looks like, a trust as well, because then you can make the trust the beneficiary to that life insurance policy. And then it can be um, um, pieced out to her, you know, as you as you consider, as you as you deem necessary. So some to look after her while she's still young, maybe some for like, you know, when she um, is ready to go to college or otherwise and some beyond. So consider that as well, Terry. And another thing, I know you talked about considering maybe getting a Roth IRA for her. And so our IRA is an individual retirement account. And the only way to have a retirement account is that you have to be earning money. The great thing is, is that babies can earn money. So let's just say, you know, I don't know, like your child was a child model. Like she could have a Roth IRA because she'd be earning income as like a baby model, you know? So my stepdaughter works for me from time to time. I opened up an IRA for her, so I pay her. And I pay her enough to make sure she can fully fund her Roth IRA every year, you know, under my guidance and the guidance of my financial advisor, Anjali. 
you know? So consider like, you know, um, you, you don't have to wait till your daughter's grown for her to have that Roth IRA. And so earned income is just that they are working. You obviously have to prove that it makes sense. I have my own business, so it's a little easier, but that's one of the ways. Um, and lastly, consider opening, I have this for both Alyssa, my, my bonus daughter, but also my niece and my nephew. I have something called um, a, um, not lastly, but I have something that I prefer right now over a 529 plan, although 529 plans are, are can be very helpful. So just for clarity, a 529 plan is, let me get the right wording for you, um, 529 plan. Okay, so a 529 plan is a college savings plan and it's state-sponsored. Um, it enables you to save money for a beneficiary and pay for educational expenses. So the good thing is not just college expenses. You can set aside money and pay for educational expenses too. You can withdraw the funds tax-free to cover nearly any type of college expense, right? So what that means is, is that you put, say, money right now into a 529 plan, not just you, but other people you know, can contribute to this 529 plan, grandma, grandpa, aunties, uncles. And then when it, it's invested and when it grows, ideally, you could pull the money you put in and the investment that it's grown to out for expenses. Um, a lot of um, laws have changed where it's not just for college expenses, that they're even letting you use um, 529 plan money for for um, other educational expenses, you know? Um, so some of the advantages are um, you have some federal income tax benefits um, and some state benefits. It's low maintenance, high contribution limits, semi-flexible. Um, and then some of the cons are the funds must be used for education. There are um, limitations on tax benefits. Um, there's no self-directed investment. So there's not investments that you can kind of choose yourself. There are fees um, and... Um, there are some ownership rules, um, although there are favorable financial aid treatments. So meaning like if you have a lot of money in your 529 plan, it doesn't mean that your daughter won't be el eligible for um, financial aid treatment. OK, um, but the good thing, the, the tax benefit that I do, really do like about the 529 plan is that you can use it for college tuition, fees, books, supplies, some room and board costs and up to ten thousand dollars in um, K through 12 tuition per year. And, you know, and up to $10,000 in student loan, student loan repayment um, per beneficiary and per sibling. So that's pretty good. So, uh, but I, the reason why I didn't open a 529 plan for my um, nieces and nephews and, and my stepdaughter is because I felt like it was a little restrictive for me. So instead I have a custodial account for them. And so basically this is just an investment account that I am the custodian of. And I will sign over to them or they are the beneficiaries of it when, um, if I'm not here. And so basically it's just a brokerage account where I'm investing. I put money every single year across the board to all four of them. And as the money grows, you know, it's for them. And then I can decide when they'll get that money while I'm here. And when I'm no longer here, I have it because though the, the beneficiaries of that custodial account actually goes to the trust and the trust says the money will be divvied out at age 18 if they're going to college, 21 if they're not, and then age 25 and then finally age 30. So that's how the custodial account money pays out to my nieces and nephew and Alyssa if I'm not here. If I am here, then I will sign it over to them as I, as I find they're responsible enough to use that money in a responsible way. 
So custodial account um, and 529 plans are the last piece of advice. So hopefully that was helpful to you, Terry, and other parents. I'm going to take, you know what? I'm not going to take a quick break just yet because I want to answer this quick, quick, funny question um, from um, um, Ohio Raised and Cali Living. Um, and then we're going to take a quick break. Okay. Ohio Raised and Cali Living says, Tiffany, Mandy, my company offers a $500 reimbursement on things I spend for my wellness. I'm talking from facials to student loan payments. Your girl was in it, was all here for it until I read the reimbursement is taxable income. It feels like a payday loan. Am I tripping financial godmothers? Love that. All ears, Ohio Raised and Cali Living. So this is funny. Here's the thing. There's no such thing as a free lunch. I know it sounds like, wait, what? There's no such thing as a free lunch because if they reimburse that money to you, what the government says, federal and state, is that you made money. It says that you made money. So a reimbursement is still considered money being made. And one thing that this United States of America does not want to do is see you make money and they don't make no money off the money you made. So it's not that your company is doing something wrong. Is that, yes, they're offering you this $500 reimbursement. And if you use that reimbursement, it's made money. So for example, it's similar to if I get something forgiven. So this is what they were fighting about in the federal government about Biden forgiving the, the student loans. So some people wanted that student loan forgiveness to be taxed because they're like, you made money. Like if in, in, in outside of student loans, if you get anything forgiven over $600, like there are people who had their, they, um, they lost their home to foreclosure and um, they still owed on it and they got that forgiven, especially during the recession, right? And they had to pay taxes on the money that was forgiven, you know, because they lost it to foreclosure. And as a result, you know, it's like, wait, I lost my house. I gave it up. I still owed $100,000 on it. So you mean to tell me I got to pay tax on $100,000? And the government's like, yes, because that forgiven money is still earned money. So reimbursed money is considered earned money either way. So it's not your job that's doing that. It's the USV, it's USA who is doing that. So hope that makes sense. Ohio raised in Cali living that your job is trying to do something nice by giving you that money. But here's the thing, like paying taxes on it doesn't mean that you're going to pay the full $500 in tax. So let's just say your tax rate is 20%, right? So if your tax rate is, I don't even know, like um, that might be kind of low. Say your tax rate is 30%. I'm just making it up, right? So $500 point times 0 0.03 taxes, that's $15 of taxes paid on $500. So you still are coming up. You just would have to be paying the $15 on the 500. Does that make sense? Hopefully that's helpful. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back and black and brown again. Okay. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need 
Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Hey, y'all, my bad. So, you know, your girl is in her soft life era. So you might have heard some chit chat in the background. That is my cleaning lady, Ingrid, and her sister. They're cleaning up my beautiful home to get it ready for Thanksgiving because I'm taping on Monday. So if you heard in the background, that's because your girl is living good. Okay. So judge your mama. No, I'm just joking. But no, it really was Ingrid. <laughs> I would have to be like, senorita, please, por favor, silencio, por favor, please. But they're really dope, though. Um, so just wanted to apologize in advance. All right. And let's get back to our final question. Um, but see, here's the thing. You know, like, I'm giving y'all three questions to answer. So, I mean, can you really be mad at it? You can't. This question is for Monique. Okay, Monique says, hey, Tiffany and Mandy, my name is Monique, and I absolutely love your podcast. Thanks, Monique. I listen faithfully every week because I'm trying to get these coins all the way together. I have several retail credit cards that I am paying off right now because I had a terrible shopping addiction. Okay, thank you for being candid. I know that credit cards can be closed if you pay them off and never use them again, which I'm assuming can affect my credit score. This is true. What is your advice regarding maintaining my credit score once I have paid off these retail cards? 
in the future, if I do want to open cards, I only want to use cards that I can pay off monthly and that offer traveling points and rewards. Thank y'all. Okay, Monique, this is great because this is, I can give you an answer directly out of my new book, Made Whole, the credit chapter, which is chapter, dun, 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 chapter five, page 91, if you have the hardcore book. Okay. So yes, if you close, so you said retail, let me make sure you said retail cards. Now here's the thing. I am not a fan of retail cards. I'm not, I am, I am not, um, anti-credit cards. I believe credit cards can be useful tools, but the problem with a general, like a, a general credit card to me is better than a retail card because with a general card, you can use it anywhere and, uh, you can, you, you can, it's easier to be a little more responsible because if I have a retail card, say for example, I have a target credit card, like, because target only wants you to use it at target. So I can't just use it anywhere where with a retail card, um, with a general card, I can use it anywhere. And I can even use it in the way, like I tell you in the book, I teach you how to raise your credit score fairly quickly by doing this method of paying off a small balance of your card every single month. I can say, okay, I'm going to put my um, uh, Planet Fitness $10 membership on this card, or I'm going to put my Netflix membership on this card and pay it off every month in full to see my credit score grow. If I have a Target card, then I have to buy something from Target every single month in order to do so. So that's an additional expense when I'm already, I already have Netflix, I already have the gym membership. Does that make sense? So I would pay off these retail cards and quite honestly, I will close them. Now you have to know this, that 30% um, of your score is really your balances. So when you close your cards, it is going to likely lower your score temporarily um, and, 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 and pretty significantly because you won't have any limit to, out, to outweigh the balances on your card, if that makes sense. So I'll give you an example. 30% of your score. And I'm looking like directly from, mm -mm -mm, for those of you who might have the book in hand, let's look at it. I'm looking at, if you have the physical book, uh, which is my favorite when it comes to a workbook. Um, I'm looking, why am I looking at the investment chapter, girl? Get yourself all the way together, Tiffany. Earlier, sis. Earlier. So I like, what did I tell you what page the credit chapter is on and made whole? Page 91. Okay. I'm in here now. Okay. 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 Um, reduce your amounts. Oh, okay. We're looking at page 99. Okay. And so really, um, I said the word um, amounts owed or your balances. Another word for that is utilization. So 30% of your score is how much of your cards are you utilizing? You don't want to utilize too much of your cards. The, the magic number, um, is nothing above 30%, but really you want to be utilizing even way less than that, like even under like um, 15, 10%. What that means is if you have a credit card with a balance of $100, you want to keep the, with a limit, I'm sorry, of $100, you want to keep the balance under $15. $30 is the max, $15, $10 ideal, paying it off even better. You know, that is how you're going to raise your credit score. But the problem is with retail cards, you would have to buy something just to navigate the keeping your balances low or, or paid off. And I don't want that for you. So I want you to pay off these retail cards. 
then when you feel like you're more responsible and you can automate the payments, then you can look for a, a regular credit card that offers travel reward points. Like for business, I use Amex. I also have a personal like gold card for Amex, but I have a silver not so, or platinum card for business Amex because I found that's my favorite card for business. Um, but also too, um, my personal card uh, because I like to travel. I have where's my? Let me see if I find it. I, Mandy always laughs at me because I always call it the wrong thing. So I have my wallet here. Let me call it the right thing for once in my life. I have a. Ooh, what is this? Oh, okay. So Visa has a Sapphire's Reserve card. I like this card because they give really great points for travel. I literally just used my Amex points to book my mother a flight to Nigeria. She wants to go to Nigeria for Christmas with my aunt. And so I was able to use points, like literally. She didn't have to, well, she paid a little bit out of pocket, but the, the tickets were so expensive and the points made the tickets really reasonable. Um, but like I said, I have, that's Amex, but you might not, you know, the, the problem with Amex is that the, the annual fee might not be worth it for you, but I like my Chase Sapphire Reserve card. You know, the fee, the, the annual fee is more reasonable and they give you a lot of great travel rewards. So for example, uh, I just came back this weekend. I was in Washington, DC. I was taping, uh, I'm not taping. I was, um, I had a book launch event at the Eaton Hotel via Mahogany Books. This is a black owned bookstore, which is so awesome. Uh, Ramunda, her owner with her husband. And so I, my two sisters wanted to come as well as um, my niece and my nephew, Roman and Amelia, who's eight and six. And so um, I was going to buy train tickets from all of us. It's about a three and a half hour to four hour train ride from New Jersey to DC. But because it was last minute, train tickets tend to be really expensive last minute. It was like my admin who was looking was like $2,500 to buy all those train tickets. And she was like, I suggest you drive. So sure enough, we use Enterprise because that's where I, I I get my cars from because I because um, I get cars from whenever I, I get cars from them. So I've, I'm like a platinum member or whatever the hell they be calling me now. And um, with Enterprise, I told Rose, make sure you book using my Sapphire Re Reserve card because the Sapphire Reserve card gives you, you know how like when you sign up to get a car rental, you can get... Um, uh, what is that stuff? Insurance and protection. If you use your Sapphire reserve card, because it's a travel card, it actually gives you that same protection. So you don't have to pay for an additional insurance at enterprise, wherever you're renting a car from. So it's one of the things I always remind Rose, my admin, like, Oh girl, remember when you're booking flights, certainly use my Amex card, but you're booking a car, use my Sapphire reserve card. Um, so there's benefits like that. Uh, but again, only when you're ready, if you had a terrible shopping addiction, then I don't want you to jump out the window to get brand new cards after you pay off the other ones. I would pay off the other cards, sit for a few months, maybe with no credit cards, um, open up a credit card with very low balance, maybe open up a secured credit card with very low balance, very, very low limit, like $500. See how you do with it before moving on to some of the big dogs. Does that make sense? I hope that helps Monique um, directly out of my new book, Made Whole, A Practical Guide to Reaching Your Financial Goals. If you would learn, love to learn how to budget, save, uh, manage your credit, manage your debt, learn to earn, learn to invest for, for both retirement and wealth, learn how to make sure you are fully insured, 
um, learn how to pick your financial team, how to increase your net worth, and how to make sure you are you have the right estate plan. Those 10 things, which I like to call financial wholeness. If you would like to achieve financial wholeness, I teach you step-by-step in this new workbook, um, Made Whole, which is the companion book to my New York Times bestseller, Get Good With Money. It is on sale as of this week. It is launch week. Um, it is available everywhere in Target. You'll see me, Barnes & Nobles, which I think I'm going to go buy Barnes & Nobles to Target today, see if I see my face on the shelf. If you see it, please tag me. I'm at the Budgetista. Um, and it's also available online at madewholeworkbook.com. I think I still have a few signed copies left. It, if there are, it'll be on top of the page. It'll say like, get your signed copy here, but madewholeworkbook.com. Uh, and I just want to thank you, you know, Brown Ambition. Like this is also the week of Thanksgiving. And for so many of us who've lost loved ones, holidays can be really hard. Certainly it's been really hard for me. But, you know, this, you guys have been like consistent family for me and Mandy. And so from our family to your family, we wish you, you know, just a peaceful, soft, safe holiday season. Um, And I hope you are good to yourself and good to the people around you. And um, we'll be back next week. Um, If you haven't shared Brown Ambition with your family and friends, what are you waiting for? (laughs) We love to have more listeners. All right, y'all. Bye. Wait before you leave. It's me again, Tiffany. As you know, it is the launch week of my new book, Made Whole, the companion book to my New York Times bestseller, Get Good With Money. And because it's launch week, I wanted to give something specifically to my BA fam. I want to give you a 10-minute clip directly from the audio version of the book. Yes, this is my gift to you. I'm not giving it to nobody else. So if you got some time and you want to listen, this is really my favorite part of the book. And I hope it really... um gives you all that you need. If you want to get your copy of Made Whole, you can go to madewholeworkbook.com. The link will also be in the show notes and enjoy this audio clip. And thank y'all for all the support for so long. You know, I love y'all. All right, bye. Chapter one, the Made Whole Map and Mindset. Think of financial wholeness as a destination, a place to set your sights on and focus your energy toward. With this mindset, you will have wins along the way and even the small steps of progress you make as you pursue becoming 100% whole can be life-changing. After all, success is like the layers of a cake. Each good choice builds on the one before it. And before you know it, all the seemingly small choices and adjustments you've made come together to create an amazing dessert. The cake you've built holds remarkable power. It represents all your growth as a result of all you've learned. Tiffany Tip At the end of every school year, my dad always reminded me and my sisters that we'd reach a new level of education and that, as he said, knowledge once given can never be rescinded. And that's how it'll be for you as you proceed through the levels of financial wholeness. To help you get prepared for your journey, I want to give you a preview of the steps to come and share some mindset tools to help you make the most of your good work. The 10 Steps of Financial Wholeness The path to financial wholeness has 10 steps. Each step, which corresponds to one of the next 10 chapters, is related to an area of your finances and some will require more work than others. 1. Build your budget. 
Learn how to create and semi-automate a personal budget and open the necessary checking and savings accounts to support your budget. Two, save like a squirrel. Calculate the savings goal number needed to meet at least three months' worth of expenses for your household. Then calculate how much you need to save each week and month to achieve this goal within 12 to 18 months. Three, dig out of debt. Write out your total debt, payments, and interest rates using the My Debtless template at madewholeworkbook.com. This will give you a clear picture of what you owe. Then choose a debt repayment strategy and formulate your payoff plan. Four, score high credit. Pull your credit score to see where you stand. Make a list of the factors that are impacting your score that come up with a game plan to improve it. Five, learn to earn. Increase your income. List all of the things you've accomplished at your job in the last few years that make a good argument for you to get a raise. Then make a list of all of the tasks or jobs you do at work so you can uncover your side hustle skills. Develop an action plan that lists what you'll do next to increase your income. Six, invest like an insider. Use automated investment plans for retirement and wealth building. Speak with HR about retirement plans or set up your own retirement accounts. Automate an amount to go into retirement and brokerage accounts and increase contributions as your income increases. Seven, get good with insurance. Make sure you have proper insurance coverage. That means understanding and calculating your needs around life, disability, auto, and home insurance, and more. Eight, get rich-ish. Increase your net worth. Learn how to calculate your net worth and how to achieve and maintain a positive net worth. Create a net worth goal and define actions you're going to take each month to achieve it. Nine, pick your money team. Choose an accountability partner and find yourself reliable and trustworthy financial professionals. Ten, leave a legacy, estate planning. Actively plan for what will happen to your estate, cash, real estate, jewelry, and other assets after you die. This is important no matter the size of your bank account and portfolio. I know that at first glance, it may seem like a lot to take on. And I want to be real with you, it is. But with patience and dedication, it can be done. And it will be made easier if you take advantage of the opportunity to answer questions and complete the exercises throughout the book. These are designed to help you create a deeper connection to the work. And they will help you track your progress along the way. Financial wholeness at a glance. Want to get to 100%? 10% when you create a budget. You'll get to 20% once you learn to save. 30% if you start to reduce your debt. 40% when you up your credit score. Almost halfway there. 50% when you start to increase your income. 60% when you invest like an insider. 70% when you get insurance. 80% when you start to increase your net worth. 90% when you form your money team. And 100% when you learn to leave a legacy. The Made Whole Mindset. 
There's a lot of financial guidance out there, but too often the emotional element, that is, what it feels like to look directly at the most important facets of your financial life, is left out. The problem with this is that not addressing your emotions can get in the way of moving forward and making progress. It's so easy to get stuck on the fear or feelings of overwhelm or the sadness and shame that may come up around the topic of money and your history with it. But you can overcome these obstacles by acknowledging their presence and making some mental plans to work through them. I found that there are two mindset prep steps that really help. These work to sort of wipe the slate clean and set you up for the kind of success that sticks. Step one, share your shame. Shame thrives in the shadows and it needs silence to be strong. And the stronger and bigger your shame grows, the more it can hide from you. When you share your shame around financial setbacks you've experienced or poor money decisions you've made, you take away its power. I've felt so much shame around the financial mistakes I made that I became almost paralyzed to turn things around. The shame kept me from seeing solutions. I finally started the process of getting past my shame by giving voice to it. I shared my embarrassing financial situations with the kindest person I know, my best friend Linda. Telling her about the financial hole I'd fallen into was the start of my journey toward digging my way out. So here's my assignment for you. Pick the kindest person you know and share a financial secret with them. This person might become your accountability partner, a.k.a. financial bestie, who helps keep you on track as you help keep them on track throughout your journey to financial wholeness. But for now, focus on getting your shame off your shoulders and out of the way. Repeat after me. I will share my shame with someone I know, love, and trust. I will not keep trying to carry this weight all by myself. Step two, give yourself grace and space. I made some mistakes in my 20s that left me in serious financial distress. Here are some of my financial stats at the time. I had $35,000 of credit card debt due to a scam, $52,000 in student loans, and a $220,000 mortgage. My savings was depleted. I had recently been laid off from my preschool teaching job. I had lost my condo to foreclosure. I had to move back in with my parents. I was essentially the opposite of financially whole. I lacked structure and intention and planning across the board, and I couldn't forgive myself for it all. I know that might sound dramatic, but it's true. And it wasn't until I said to myself, it's okay, Tiffany, you didn't intentionally harm anyone, you made money mistakes, that I was able to share my shame with Linda and start to forge a new financial path. When I look back at that time, I realized that I had to give myself grace and space before I could evolve. I needed grace the root of kindness and compassion, and space, the room to be simultaneously flawed and capable of flourishing in the future. As you prepare to embark on your own path toward financial wholeness, 
I want you to think about your own financial history and any regret or remorse you have about choices you've made or circumstances around which you've tied yourself up in a lot of blame. No matter what your specific scenario, this story is not serving you. It's time to let it go. First, find your own Linda and give voice to your shame. If you don't have someone to share this burden with, talk to me. I'm at The Budget Nista on all platforms, and I'm listening. Once you've cracked open the door, it's time to forgive yourself by saying, It's okay if I don't know the next step. My future is full of potential. It's okay if I made a mistake. New opportunities abound. And it's okay if I let myself down. My past does not dictate my future. Whew, is it just me or are your eyes sweating after hearing those phrases out loud? Repeat after me. No matter what, I will give myself grace and space. Creating an environment of support. Emotional housekeeping is an important part of tending to your personal finances, but your physical housekeeping matters too. Taking the time to set up your environment in a way that makes you feel calm can help you reduce stress as you get started on the steps to financial wholeness. Here are some things to add to the spot where you'll keep your financial house in order, whether it's a whole room, a nook, or just a tabletop in your home where you'll sit to do this work. A scented candle, one that makes you want to settle in and stay a while. An emotional support blanket, you know the one. You might have to fight your significant other, your roomie, or your kids for it. Fuzzy socks, shoes. I love my fuzzy leopard print house slippers. A relaxing personalized playlist. Sade is my favorite. This workbook. I would love to hear about any additions you make to your space that you find helpful. Share it with me on social and use the hashtag Made whole, made better. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.